What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie J. Lopez. Hope you're all doing well. Before we get into it, please follow the podcast page, allow for notifications, rate the podcast. Also, follow me on social media at Frequency Studios underscore on Instagram and at Frequency Studios on TikTok. Consistent content, including a few album reviews that don't make the podcast. Going to touch on my favorite albums from March 2023. We'll likely be doing this on a monthly basis. I was already kind of doing it on my social media, so decided to bring it over to the podcast. I'll do my best to get these out midway through the next month. March was honestly just stacked with great releases, so it took me a little longer than normal to organize my thoughts on these because listen i'm out here putting in the work i'm giving these albums the listens they need i want to give y'all an educated and researched opinion on these i'm not about first impressions why care about my opinion if i don't put effort in the work you know Anyways, I also want to get back to those classic album reviews, but yeah, so much good shit has come out recently that I had to sideline it. April was a little lighter of a month, so hoping to get back to it soon. But without further ado, let's get started with some honorable mentions. I'm going to breeze by these, but I do recommend checking them out. First off, Gretel Hanlon's Head of the Love Club for the indie rock lovers who love some bold vocal performances. Next, Fever Ray's Radical Romantics, electro and synth pop that ranges widely instrumentally from ominous to danceable grooves. Loving some of the eccentric vocals on there as well. And next, we have Debbie Friday's Good Luck, an experimental pop record that has a dark mix of electronic, industrial, and alternative rock. Here's a few that just missed the top five, starting off with Caliucci's Red Moon and Venus. Top-tier inclusion in what is shaping out to be a pretty robust discography for Cali. This album concept is crisp, it's clear, as she dives into the various matters of love. Her performances are as sharp as ever. Maybe not as much sonic versatility as she's shown in the past, but the quality is there, and I'd go as far as to say this is her best songwriting ever. Next up, Ice Cold Bishop's Generation curse one of the better rap albums that have come out thus far this year touches on the effects of drugs and gang life in his community he has some witty and creative lyrics a handful of sticky hooks and some off-the-wall vocals that keep me coming back to this one next we have navy blue's ways of knowing quotables for days an interesting exploration of who navy blue is instrumentals range from all r&b a touch of reggae some gospel inspired moments that juxtapose well with the religious themes tackled on here he talks about love coping with depression loss relationships his mistakes growing from them definitely worth checking out. And lastly, on honorable mentions, Lana Del Rey's Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard. There's a lot to love on this album. She impressively hits on a handful of emotional topics. She talks about herself, her family, with her emotions just so blatantly worn on her sleeve. Now, some of the long-winded moments on here keep it out of the top five for me, but Lana's songwriting and vocal performances are hard to ignore on this one. And now let's move to the top five. Number five, we have Boy Genius's The Record. The songwriting on here is second to none, and the styles of Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus blend together seamlessly. Definitely not perfect. Could have been more diversified from an instrumental front. Could have collaborated a little bit more on some of these tracks. But even those moments that feel single-handed usually shine quite bright and fit well on this track list. At number four, we have Slow Tie's Ugly, an album that brings you through a vast range of emotions as we hear about Slow Tie's struggle with depression, his attempts with coping, and hopefully coming out better on the other side. Slow Tie really took a risk on this sonically with that post-punk sound, and it was very tastefully done. Hoping to see him do a little bit more of that in the future for sure. At number three, we have JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown's Scaring the Hose. Insane project. Both their performances here are so consistent, memorable, and unique, along with the boundary-pushing production that will not only pique your interest due to the samples, but Peggy's ability to keep the album sounding refreshing and diverse throughout. And although I found that the production leaned more into Peggy's comfort zone, Danny was clearly up for the challenge. It's fair to say that everybody had high expectations for this one, and these guys just blew it out the water. Fantastic project. At number two, we have Black Country New Roads, live at Bush Hall. If you follow me on social media, 
media, you would have seen the praise I gave this album. As many know, merely a few days before the release of their incredible sophomore effort, Ants From Up There, lead singer and songwriter Isaac Wood left the group due to personal reasons. This left the band in an interesting position with their upcoming tour. They could have gotten a new member to fill in Woods' huge shoes. They could have tapped one of the current members to fill in as lead singer. But instead, the group decided to come with a new crop of songs to perform on their tour, with a few current members taking turns on lead singing and songwriting duties. And this incredible album is the result of that, with this album being a live recording over three days in London. Proving that the band has not skipped a beat, the writing is still creative and intricate, the instrumentals are still suspenseful, and we even get some of their catchiest hooks ever on here. The live environment adding to the ambiance as well. This album is a strong message to fans. Don't worry, Black Country New Road is not going anywhere. But at number one, and my favorite album to come out in the month of March, and probably thus far this year, is 100 Gex's 10,000 Gex. And I mean, this thing is incredible. Almost every track has something unique and special that makes it stand out. The group not only honing in on their own hyperpop sound, but also playing with collections of sounds that range from metal to punk to ska to electronic. This, on top of the erratic vocals and the absolutely absurd songwriting, make this project impossible to turn off from beginning to end. I highly recommend you check this one out, along with all the other albums that I mentioned on this list. But that's it. Did I miss anything? Am I off on these rankings? Please DM me on social media and let me know. Also, let me know what I should review next. Until next time, I will see y'all later.